Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. I'm Regina. And I am Christine. <laughs> you like totally dragged out your name much longer than mine. I'm keeping all Don't this in. Don't just say Regina. Well, that's your. You chose to say your name that way. I think that my name should be announced in Christine. <laughs> all right. Well, Christine, do you have any announcements for us this week? I do, I do. So I wanted to let you guys know that I've been having amazing, amazing chats on my one-on-one video chats with everyone. Thank you for all of those who have filled out the Google form. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I'll leave a link down below that describes what this all is. But basically, I am having one-on-one chats with anyone that wants to talk and feels like you're alone and you don't have anyone that you can talk to. Well, I am here and I want to talk to you. So definitely check out the link down below if you are interested and fill out the Google form so we can chat soon. Maybe, Regina, you can join us one day. Ooh, I would love to. Yeah, maybe we could do that. Maybe in the future, Regina and I can actually have joint talks with you guys if you guys are interested. <laughs> Two-on-one, but in a non-aggressive yeah, way. Just, only Two the best in a non-aggressive yeah, way. Yeah, so... Yeah, maybe that's something we'll, we'll think about doing in the future if you guys would be interested. Yeah, we would love that. We would love to have those conversations with you guys, especially face-to-face because it gives, you know, that extra element to it. But, you know, if yeah. you're ever curious to know what we're up to, be sure to check out our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Links will be in the description below. So, Christine, yes. what are we talking about this week? We're talking about parents. Ooh. Ooh. What about parents? A relationship with our parents. <laughs> this is a topic that doesn't really get discussed as much. Given that me and Regina are both Asian, we're speaking about it from an Asian American perspective growing up in an Asian household. When it comes down to our parents and our family, we navigate through this cultural and language barrier and it's hard to define what is respect versus what is love because from our parents and from us, we communicate love differently. We express love differently and in doing so, there's a lot of family issues and struggles that happen because we don't see eye to eye in a lot of different ways and we wanted to bring that to light and just talk about it and some of it may bring out kind of the ugly side of family issues but I really feel like that's important to discuss because those are the things that aren't shared and because they aren't discussed and aren't shared, a lot of people suffer through that alone. Yeah, I feel like on, you know, on social media, you know, all you see is like the, oh, thank you for all the love and support all of these years. But, you know, you don't see kind of the behind the scenes fighting that could be going on or disagreements of how much energy and how much persistence it took to even get that degree or get that job or hit that milestone. Um, I think that a lot of those stories go untold and are forgotten about. Yeah, and they very much make up your life. And 
even in my 30s now. And I would love to believe that me and my parents have gotten past that hump of fighting and the misunderstanding and kind of like the immaturity that I thought I had and the stubbornness that they had. We're still figuring that out now currently. I wanted to get into the realities of what it is to be in a family. If you feel the same way, if you're going through it, you don't feel so alone. Because I actually get that a lot. I get emails a lot and messages about people are going through a lot of family issues as it pertains to their life and their career, their schooling, their love life. Because family obviously is a huge part of who you are and it can play into almost every decision that you have. Bring that into light. I want to go into kind of the background of me and my family first where I am, I guess it depends on what, is it like 1.5 generation or? I think that the guideline is like, oh, if your parents went to school here, then you're technically second gen, but my parents immigrated here, so I consider myself like first generation Asian American. That's what I always thought too. My parents immigrated here from Taiwan and they came here right after they got married, literally. So they were 30 and they had me on their honeymoon. So bam, <laughs> I, I have them there. They <laughs> weren't expecting their me. Lives. Yeah, they weren't expecting me. And I think because they, I want to say they were young parents, but I think they weren't experienced. They didn't know what to expect. They struggled making a life for themselves here in America. And my mom, talking to her now, I think she had this idea of what her marriage and motherhood would be like. And it didn't play out that way at all. So she struggled a lot. She suffered through depression it was just a difficult motherhood and marriage for her. And because of that, and because of me growing up as an Asian American and what I consumed in media and what I thought was an American family would be like, which is just a lot of hugging, a lot of encouragement. I mean, at that time, it was a lot of white families, right? Yeah. And even they mm-hmm. had African-American families too and like TGI of Fridays <laughs> or something. And uh, they were all huggy and always just like, oh, I'm so proud of you. You got a C on your test. Like, congratulations, you know? And <laughs> yay. And then, in my reality that wasn't what it was like I had a lot of pressure to perform and I was their first child you're an only child Regina right I am an only child yeah in that sense it's like there's a lot of pressure to be like you're their everything and they Mm -hmm. don't know so they learn by what they hear from other families and other parents and they put you into all these extracurricular stuff they want you to get straight A's they have all these expectations and they don't know how to communicate I don't want to say they they don't know how to communicate. They just didn't communicate in a way that I understood. Did you have that same experience? Yeah, I think my relationship with my parents is very different in the sense that I'm very close with both of them. And it's been great because I feel like I've been able to connect with my parents so well. Like I always really look forward, you know, to taking trips with them and stuff like that. But because we are so close, I think that does lead to difficulties too, where we're close but we don't always understand each other. And so I think that that's where there's a lot of sometimes miscommunication or talks that can go in the wrong direction. So I think that for me, it was kind of learning that, you know, my parents do want the best of for me, but also understanding that like, what I'm doing and what I hope to do is very different from their understanding. And so they were very, you know, Americanized in the sense that they would tell me that they loved me and they would tell me that they're proud of me and, you know, hug me at night and stuff like that. But there are still a lot of other things. 
when I was really frustrated or stressed instead of coming in and be like, oh my gosh, honey, how are you? You know, like they were just kind of like, they'd poke their head in and be like, oh, you know, are you hungry? Did you eat yet? And that was like their way of showing that they cared and that they wanted to make sure that I was, you know, like a basically a functioning human being as I'm like, you know, cramming for a test or writing a paper. So I think that it was learning to pick up those cues when it was so different from what American media was feeding us that was a really, really big struggle growing up. Yeah, I understand that now as I've matured and been more open about discussing our feelings, like I had to break that barrier. But before I even get into what I've learned now as an adult, (laughs) the realities of what it was to grow up we would have really, really horrible fights. Like when you said that your parents would say I love you every night and hug you and stuff. I don't think we've said I loved you unless like I remember my dad had cancer and was in the hospital in and out during college. And because death seemed like imminent in those type of dire situations, then we would say that I love you. But normally in an everyday life, we never said I love you. We hugged each other for like birthdays or something, right? But it wasn't like a a daily thing. I think in that sense, I internalize it as in they didn't love me unless I performed to their expectations. And I think that's something I totally told myself Mm -hmm. because since they never said I love you, I equated their love to when they felt proud of me. And they only felt proud of me if I, you know, got straight A's or I was first chair, first violin and did something that was worthy of them to be proud of because then they could brag about me to other family members and friends. And if I didn't give them something to brag about, then they weren't proud. Therefore, they didn't love me. In that sense, we fought a lot because as a kid, that's how I thought. And then when I got into middle school and high school, I started to express that and really agitated and a lot of anger. So we would fight horrible fighting. We were, like My family was the type of family, everyone had to get the last word in. And the last word always had to trump the other person. And it would always be things that you could never take back. It's so mean. It's so mean. And I think I learned that behavior because... I don't know. I like. I try to think about it now, and I wonder if just my parents, they never were taught to communicate effectively or efficiently. You know, just they didn't know how to express yeah. how they really felt growing up. They didn't have that with their parents or their siblings. So it just came out in that way. And to me, I thought my parents were gods. So I think I just took that in. That's just how you express yourself. You just, you get mad and you get angry. You scream and you can throw things at each other. And it just got to that point where it's just, I always felt so alone. I never knew who to turn to because I always just felt like a disappointment and I just couldn't fight my way out of that. Like there's nothing I could justify to my parents about me not performing the way that they wanted. And I think those are the ugly sides of our family. We fought a lot. Well, that's also like a really big burden to bear. And obviously, you know, as a child, if that's the only thing that you know, it wears a lot heavier on you because you're like, I'm the only one who's going through this. Nobody else understands. And like my parents who are supposed to love me don't even like show their affection properly. The main thing to remember, our parents grew up in very different circumstances. Even when I talk to my parents, especially my mom, like when I talk to her about, you know, the way that her parents showed her love, like she would tell me like they were very affectionate in the way they would always be kind of like looking out for her. But like they don't show the affection in the American way because that's just not their way. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that they don't care. That doesn't mean that they don't love you. One of the things that comes off as really harsh, I think, in the Asian community is criticism always constantly being criticized 
by not even just your parents, but like family members. Like I remember if I like gained a little bit of weight or, you know, my dress was like a little longer or shorter or whatever, like people had opinions about it and they would criticize me and be like, oh, well, that's something that you should watch out for. And I think that because maybe we saw like the very idealized way of what it means to love in the American sense, when we, you know, went home and had our family gatherings of like aunts pointing out our flaws or like uncles being like, well, where are you going to school now? Or what are you doing for a job? It became kind of like this crashing reality that like you feel like they're trying to hurt you when in reality that's their own love language and like their way of showing it to you because that's the only way that they know how. I agree. I think I translated a lot of my uncle or aunt's criticism or not even their criticisms, like sometimes when they tease me, they're like, oh, you have a pimple on your face? Like, ugh, you know? And I'm just like, mm-hmm. why would you point that out? You're so insensitive. <laughs> yeah, you get so insecure and then like you like go run back to your room and pack like 10 layers of concealer over it. And yeah. then they're like, oh, your makeup looks cakey. <laughs> yeah. Or I dyed my hair blonde and I'm like still haven't gone back to show them what my hair looks like because I already can hear the comments. <laughs> right but then I, I think I equated that to like you just don't accept me for who I am right. if I want to make these type of decisions and I want to do these things I equated that to like your family should always love you regardless right mm-hmm. if you make mistakes yeah. if you trip a little if you have a pimple on your face the way that they show love should just be like oh well yeah if that's what you want to do we love you unconditionally when in reality they're just like ah you have a pimple on your face <laughs> He's like, oh, wash your face more often. Drink more water. <laughs> and like in reality, that really probably translates to them being like, oh, you need to learn to take care of your face better. Or like, you know, for me, I dealt with so many skin issues. I still deal with skin issues today. I remember for the longest time, like every time I was like so self-conscious about mm-hmm. it. And, but like in that way, I know that they wanted me to like feel confident in my own skin in the sense that like they didn't want me like caking on like so much makeup because I'm like trying to hide all my flaws. They wanted it to emulate, you know, they believe that good skin comes from healthy eating. So like that also ties into it. It's just most of the time, I think we just have to come to the understanding that what Asian family members or parents say There's like a whole backstory behind Mm -hmm. it because Mm -hmm. their communication skills just aren't quite there. (laughs) And I think that's where the cultural barriers come in from because we're not living in the country that they were brought up in. We're not around that culture. We don't understand the traditions or why they say or do what they do, nor do they really tell us. It's just kind of like, that's just how it always is. I've often asked my mom, I'm like, well, well, why is that? And she's like, just a jams. <laughs> it just, just is. Yeah, it just is. And I'd be like, but why? And she's like, I don't know. They just stop asking me. You know? And I'm like, okay. But that's where as Asian Americans, we have the layer of the language barrier. They don't know how to say what they want to say, nor when they say it, do we interpret it that way too. Yeah, in American culture, from what we see on TV and whatever, kids were very able and open to tell their parents the things that they were going through. And, you know, my parents, one of the things that I've noticed is that they're always willing to listen, but like the feedback they give me isn't what I want to hear. Like if I'm having a really like bad day, they're like, well, then get yourself out of it. You know, like I think that their intention behind that isn't necessarily, oh, well, you can just get over it. I think it's just that they don't want to see me sad or upset. And so like their way of being like, oh, well, just get over it isn't 
as kind of cold-hearted as it can come off. They'll do anything they can, but a lot of the times they don't really know what would make you happy other than like buy you things or make you food. I think that understanding that, learning that even me right now being 3,000 miles away from my parents, I'll call them after work and as I'm walking home, they'll be like, oh, so what are you eating for dinner tonight? But I think that that's their way of checking in and showing that they love me. You know, my mom, she's always trying to be like sending me a piece of home or sending me a piece of her because that's her way of showing that she cares. Like I know that the first thing that my mom does every time I go home is like cook my all my favorite foods. And I think that a lot of Asian American kids can kind of relate to that. Their favorite foods are always things that their mom or dad cooks for them. And the minute they tell their parents that they're coming home, that's like the first thing that is prepared and like ready to go in the kitchen. Yeah, and I really learned to appreciate that as I've gotten older because even like this past year, year and a half, it's been really difficult for Mm -hmm. me on many levels. I haven't gone home for that amount of time and not really having the right type of outlet to know how to explain that to my parents. I have been struggling on my own and I think that level of my mom would just be like, oh, but you have to come home. You have to respect your parents and you have to come see us and stuff like that. And I just be like, it's it's hard for me to juggle everything. Basically just dealing with my own stuff and I didn't know how to explain that to my parents and have them understand. But very recently, my dad's cancer has come back. And it's made me, again, realize like time is fleeting, honestly. And I just dropped everything and reconciled with my family. I've realized that the very simple things that I want from my parents that I would regret if I were to pass away or they were to pass away is all of those simple life things that we take for granted, which is getting to go grocery shopping or listening to my dad tell his stories or even sitting there while they're watching TV. You like you miss those really basic family moments where you totally mm-hmm. take for granted. Now I've gone grocery shopping with them and I see them, they'll be like telling the butcher, no, I want that piece of meat. Can I look at it? Can I smell it? And then like, no, I want to cut this way because my daughter likes it yeah. like this blah yeah. blah blah and I didn't know that before it, to me it was just like oh you're making you know noodles yeah. for me nice but then now I'm having them teach me how to do it and I think that tradition of wanting to learn from them and that they get to pass on food which equates yeah. as love because love is in the details right they want to get it exactly the way that you like it because that's how much they love you. They want to give you the best in that sense. I've always equated they want to give you the best as in material things or they wanted to give you the best opportunities in life to do what they wanted you to do. But really, it is love is in the details that we I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. I always look back at my times with my parents as like, oh, we fought so much and it was so hard. But then I forgot all the moments that my parents had to stay up while I was, I was a really sick child. Even when I was going through my really rough teenage years, they had to suffer through that. Every night that I stayed out late, they didn't know where I was. They stayed at home, stayed up waiting for me. That's where the love mm-hmm. is. It comes out as in like, call me when you get home or don't stay out that yeah. late. Who are you hanging out with? But really it's like the love is there because they don't want anything to happen to you something horrible might have happened and they love you so much that they don't want any chance of losing you or having any harm come your way i i totally get that i think for me growing up i always equated those misunderstandings like the cultural misunderstandings as just like oh well you know you guys grew up in in china so you don't understand what it's like to be living in this city or living in this country and i think that i always kind of like dismissed it it does make me feel like quite guilty now like i grew 
grew up as an only child and I was a girl. My parents were extremely overprotective of me. Now that I think about it, I feel like every friend that I've ever had, they had to like check in on. I'd be like, oh, I was hanging out with Susie at school today. They're like, oh, where's Susie from? <laughs> what, what do Susie's parents do? <laughs> they were always like asking like interview questions. And I think that that was just their way of caring for me, making sure that I was hanging out with the right people and making sure that I was making the right steps towards my future. But from my perspective, I was like, mom, dad, you're being so nosy. Why are you all up in my business about all these things? And I think that a parent's love is something that we won't understand until we have kids. Yeah. No, I was doing that to my brother. And when I graduated college and he was coming home from college on the weekends and then he would never text me and I'd be like, oh my God, how dare you? Like it's 3 a.m. Where are you right now? I'm like, you should be more considerate and just text me. And then I'll be like, oh my God, I'm turning into my parents. Oh my God. I totally feel that too. Where sometimes if my roommate comes home, like she's like, oh yeah, I'll be home at midnight and it's midnight. She's not here. I'm like, oh my God, where is she? You think of all the the worst possibilities. Yeah. And so I... I, I can't imagine what I put my parents through. <laughs> and the thing is, it's because we've gone through it. Like, I had to be totally honest. I had did things that weren't good. Like, I put myself in situations that could be dangerous. Yeah. You know, in the times where people are like, yeah. oh, don't drive drunk. I used to have one or two drinks. I'm like, I'm fine. I still know friends who are like that. But then I got into a really bad car accident with my friend who was driving, who said that he was fine after he had a couple of drinks. And we got into a really, really bad car accident. I thankfully wasn't physically hurt. I mean, my knees and stuff, like, I had to suffer through that. But then the thing was, I now know that I put myself in many, many situations that I could have died. So now looking back, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of things that my parents had, quote unquote, criticized or they nag about. I'm like, oh my God, you're completely right. But I'm not going to give that to you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You're like, I know that you know (laughs) what you were trying to do was right, but I'm never going to tell you that (laughs) because I'm stubborn. Yeah, it's like, yeah, there's nothing good that happens after midnight when you're later, you know? Yeah, (laughs) I definitely think that part of growing up is, you know, making the right decisions and putting yourself out of harm's way. But I definitely can look back at like my younger years and realizing like, oh, that probably wasn't the smartest thing to do. Thank God nothing bad happened. Yeah, 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 totally. As much as from this standpoint now, I can look at it from a mature way of trying to understand my parents and how they show love. But I also want to take note of that there is a difference when they just don't understand or want to understand. They feel like they know best. And that's the part of the respect where I don't know if it's an Asian family thing where at least my parents are just like, I'm your parent. You need to listen to me no matter what. And they kind of have that authority of just telling you like, I trump you no matter what on whatever decision you want to make. You should always respect me. I've now learned to try to balance that the best that I can. Before it came out and just like, you don't understand. I'm definitely not going to do what you say. But now for me, I've just kind of learned to handle it in that I do try to show respect for them in the best ways that I can, which is I do go home. I do go wash the dishes for my mom and do things for them that it's trying to be more considerate just because my ways of showing love. But then sometimes when they really push me to do things that I don't agree with, I try to communicate that to them the best that I can and I choose not to do it. And to them, it may come off as like, oh, you don't respect us. You don't love us. But I know that I do. I know that I do respect and love them. But it's just my decision may not sit well with you. Just like now I'm realizing they make a lot of decisions that I don't agree with. Okay, my mom voted for Trump and I'm just like, oh, I cannot, you know. But it's like we're just different people. 
I totally agree. I convinced my parents not to vote for Trump. I have a really hard time talking to them about politics because I have such a different perspective and I don't blame them for having a different perspective for me, but it does make it really difficult because their understanding too is like, oh, if we love one another, like we're going to agree on everything. But that's definitely not what is taught in like the American culture where it's like, you guys can have your individual opinions. At the end of the day, what you do is up to yeah. you. I think before it becomes like a screaming match of trying to fight for who's right, just understanding each other is what's important. And if your parents aren't the type that are willing to understand or listen, it's completely fair to be like, honestly, let's just not talk about this because we're never going to come to an agreement and there's no need to get so riled up over something like this. Yeah, it's picking your battles and learning how to communicate given, like I said, the language and cultural barriers. So when I say politics, a lot of it comes to like, my mom's a conservative Christian, and I'm a liberal. So there's a lot of things that we don't align in, like how we see gay rights, women's rights, abortion, that's stuff that we've always disagreed. And let's just relate it back to my career choices or how I want to live life. A lot of times, it just comes down to they won't get it. And I will do my best now to explain calmly to them. If it starts getting heightened and escalated, then I will stop it. Because I know as much as I can't understand them, they also can't understand me. We don't need to get angry about it over stuff like that. Like you do your thing, I will do mine. And that's what it is. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, it's learning how to communicate so that they understand and that I understand. So it's like where before we didn't express love that well, we didn't say I love you or we didn't really express how we really felt. We never got to that point because you don't want to be vulnerable. You don't want to seem weak. But as I've gotten older, I will just tell my parents, hey, I've been having a really difficult time at work. Before, I think my mentality was always to tell them the best parts about me because I wanted to give them something to be proud of. And I would never share the struggles that I was going through. But as I've gotten older, I just I would just straight out tell them, I'm like, I broke up with my boyfriend and it was because of this and this. And then they actually, through that, they've become a lot more open and honest too. And before, I think they would always try to give me advice or try to criticize, but now they would take it in and and we don't actually talk as friends. I think everything that you've been saying with your parents where you guys are actually friends, I'm really starting to experience that in my later 20s, early 30s now. I think that's the best part about growing up, yeah. like becoming friends with your parents. Yes. And I think yes. sometimes to be friends with your parents, you kind of have to be the bigger person, just like they've been the bigger person for a lot of things that you got away with. Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, our parents always just really, really want to have as much of an understanding of us as we have of them. But that can be really difficult when we grew up in such different environments, grew up under such different dictatorship, really. <laughs> I know that, you know, every time I listen to childhood stories of my parents, it makes me realize how much they really did work for for me to have this life. And so all the times that I dismissed them for not being from here or dismissed them for not feeling the same way that I do about a particular situation, I need to learn to take a step back and see it from their perspective and see where they're coming from. They're trying to figure things out as we are too. And so I'm sure that when they had us in this American society, I'm sure they struggled with it a lot too, where they're like, oh my God, my child's running free and has all these ideas in her head. Like, what do I do with that? I think that that's something that we need to like take a step back and just always remember that our parents are human. Our parents make mistakes, but always trying to find that common ground so that you can build that relationship. 
Yeah, completely. And it really helps to humanize them. To be honest, they probably would understand the most because you came from them. A lot of your traits come from them, which is why that saying is like <laughs> a lot of times we end up becoming our moms or our dads, right? So there's a lot of common ground there. And if you look at them as just like a real person, they want to know you. They just don't know how to express that. And I think for me, I've always pushed that away. I wanted to share less about me. Well, yeah, because if you only show your parents like all the, you know, sugar-coated things in your life, they're not going to know the struggles that you go through. And in turn, like not to blame them, but like they may have like be like, oh, well, if everything is so easy, shouldn't you be like trying to do more yeah. and shouldn't you be better but like really opening yourself up telling your parents about your struggles I remember with me you know kind of going back to even high school when I was like really struggling with school it got to the point where I like couldn't bear it anymore and I just told my parents I was like I have a really hard time focusing I really really have a hard time like sticking to a schedule and creating deadlines for myself and I remember the minute I said that my parents became so much more understanding and like wanted to help me with that mm -hmm. and that's it took a lot for you to admit that and you had to break the barrier that's something that you know within yourself and if you always kept it within yourself how tragic would that be that you had to suffer alone when really when you reach out to your parents or if you have siblings there are people that they want to help you I think that's one of the first steps where it's like learning to talk about your feelings openly and honestly, even if you think that they're not going to accept you for it, that you're going to be ridiculed or you're going to be rejected. I think it's worth it to try and to keep trying. Your family and your parents might just surprise you. We talk a lot about relationships, significant others, friendships, but I think that it's important to be honest and open with your parents as well. Yeah. And just start the dialogue with them. Or even if you're going through family struggles, talk about it with your friends. It's good to have an outlet so that you're not struggling with it alone. And like we said before, you can email us. You could totally email us and we understand. We really do. We'd love to be able to talk with you and hopefully help you through this time just because we all know how difficult it can be, especially when you're going through, you know, family matters. So if you ever, you know, want to reach out or have a story that you're really helpless about, send us an email at theperfectlyimperfectpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I think that's a great place to end this. And hopefully, like always, you guys feel less alone. We may not have gone through the exact struggles that you've gone through. But Just know that we all have our own struggles. And I think that's really the message that we want to get out there with this podcast. That life isn't perfect and it's okay to show your vulnerabilities because that's what makes you stronger. And that actually is what empowers you and gives you power and that is the power in your story actually that's what i realized mm -hmm. that your struggles when you share it openly and honestly with other people there's so many other people that are just like oh my god thank you thank you mm -hmm. for expressing mm -hmm. that so don't ever be embarrassed by your yeah. struggles yeah, so I hope that today's story time from the both of us talking about our relationship growing up with our parents has helped you in some shape or form. And if it has, please don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.